Mike podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. Hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod or on our website, DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike, and this is my boy Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? D, I read some fantastic news the other day. I want to share with you. Oh, I like it. Uh, I do too. I like this, and it's COVID-related good news, which is, like, extra good because there's so little of it out there. Oh, please, bring it. I need a Um, breath of fresh air. Apparently, um, cannabidiol, which is a super fancy and hard-to-pronounce word for uh, a cannabis element, or I think it's CBD, uh, has been tested and shown to prevent COVID replication. Uh, and it like benefits your immune response. Basically, weed is helping with COVID. It's fighting COVID for us. Oh hell yeah! How about that? I love that. Yeah, is that now not to be critical, but is that like a? I don't but know, here it goes. <laughs> I don't want to crap <laughs> but, on your but point. But now I'm gonna. No, I'm just. I'm. <laughs> I'm more eager to know like if that's ba- how how much uh, if that was peer reviewed or not. Uh, oh, no, you had to ask that because the answer is no. It's called a preprint uh, study or article, so oh, it yeah. has not been peer-reviewed. Those are fine, uh, too. Very preliminary. You know what I mean, yeah. Uh, so no is the answer, but it's such good news that I'm just going to believe it because I want to think that weed fights COVID. I love that. I love the idea. Um, the other bummer part of it is that it's not actually weed like marijuana, cannabis fighting it. It's only CBD, um, cannabidiol. Um, that was, they, they tested all sorts of forms, like even the, the THC enriched part of, uh, cannabis or whatever. But the only thing that showed any, uh, COVID inhibiting elements or, or, um, results was CBD itself and non-synthetic CBD. I, 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 I'm not surprised, but apparently there is synthetic CBD. I'm not familiar with it, yeah. but, uh. Only the non-synthetic, the natural stuff, the au natural CBD is shown to inhibit COVID replication. I love that. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, um, it's a start, but um, and yeah, yeah. There's just in so worst many, case, uh, uh, it's a reason to buy weed. Just be like, oh, hey, I'm part of the solution here. I'm fighting COVID, so I'm buying weed. And uh, have you seen the uh, kit? Like, there's kids that that would get a lot of seizures and. I know I've seen many different videos of uh, parents outlining this, like, oh, what we did was we started giving our kids CBD and they stopped having seizures. So Those are amazing. I think I actually saw a special on that on CNN, if I remember right. Someone did like a special expose on CBD and they showed a bunch of things like that, like personal family testimonials of, you know, kids for the most part who were just devastatingly affected by uh, seizures and and things like that. And then CBD in some of these cases, like literally flipped it off like a light switch. Yeah, it's so, it is, it's so interesting. It's like, um, you know, I feel like it is a a medicinal plant and it just has so many um, parallels. Well, it just relates to humans so well. And we do have, uh, I think they're called endocannabinoid receptors. Um, meaning that our body has an expectation to receive cannabinoids. And um, so it, it can process them. And uh, um, it, I do think it's like a, a plant. It's like a plant made in heaven for us, you know, and it, and for some reason it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it just boggles I mean, my may- mind. And maybe for those reasons, it's, it's illegal. It's got so many beneficial and just, well, purely fun uh, factors to it that it can do that, um, I don't know, I guess it's illegal for a lot of reasons, right? Like there's a million things you can point to, like early on um, fighting against the the hemp plant was because it was used as as like a material, right? Like a really low-cost rope material. Hemp was a really powerful 
uh, material, right, that they could make rope out of. And I don't know, back then, I guess rope was a big industry, like big rope, crushed hemp or something like that. <laughs> big cotton, <laughs> probably, right, or something. Yeah, big cotton. Okay, yeah, whatever they're making. I mean, they weren't making shit out of nylon back then, so whatever they were making ropes out of, uh, big horsehair uh, crushed hemp. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, it's really sad that we allow big industry like that to crush um, enjoyment and progress. So there's so much enjoyment. Not that weed is for everybody. I used to enjoy it when I was younger. I haven't smoked in a long, long time, several years since I quit, but I still like it for what it is. I don't use it, but um, it holds a, a whole, it holds a special place in my heart. I will admit that. And uh, I think there's nothing wrong with it. It's certainly more safe than than drinking, you know, a lot more Absolutely. accidents and death and, and just pure body deterioration from using on a regular basis uh, is behind alcohol. Now, I will say that my assumption and my statements on weed not being that bad for you uh, are based on old school weed, like back in the day uh, when weed had like seeds and stems. Uh, but now this like genetically perfect, insanely hairy, crystally modern weed. I don't know about that, dude. That that stuff's a little bit intense. And, and I think they are starting to find some links to um, maybe not so, not so great side effects and that sort of thing. Um, but, but, uh, I think the good outweigh the bad in a lot of ways with it. Yeah, I do too. I, um, I frequently partake in a little bit of marijuana use. Uh, mm-hmm. when I say frequently, I'm not like, like, I don't do it during the day. Like when I have to work, that's my off period, of course. And when I do it at night and it's not every night, but it's, you know, at least every other night, probably. Um, sometimes I'll skip a few nights. Uh, but I, I only do a little bit. And the effects are, um, you know, it puts you in a place where uh, it kind of puts you in a little bit of a paranoid, scary, unknown place. At least this is what it does for me. And I was kind of relieved to find out that I'm not the only one that feels that way. Like when you hear like Rogan talk about it, he says the same thing. And, uh, he, he was saying like, it's not for everybody. And it does put you in a place where you're kind of like, Whoa, you know, and you have to like, it, it forces you to relax and it forces you to go to face the, the problems that you've been ignoring. Like a lot of times, like those problems that you've been ignoring come up during that time and you're forced to look at it. And, you know, you, it, it teaches me to like relax into it and like, oh, okay, just face it. And then I, and then I have to relax my body. And as I relax my body, um, you know, I feel like it's a, uh, almost a spiritual experience in a way. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you mean like getting anxious or whatever, like when you, when you smoke it, when you get high, you feel a little bit anxious and that, uh, yeah. So you, is that why you kind of only do a little bit? If you smoke too much, then you get too anxious and it's not fun, like bad trippy kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you do want to get a little anxious. Like, even though that sounds like it's a negative experience, I think it helps facilitate growth in a way where mm. that anxiousness, like you have to face it. And, um, you know, I, I don't like to smoke way too much. That's that's not fun either. But Like just to get um, obliterated? Yeah, I'm not. Do you like, find super- that your tolerance changes? Like I, I used to find that when I smoked and I smoked all the time, uh, I could smoke more and more as time went on and or maybe it would take more and more to get me where I wanted to be. Um, like with anything, right? The more you drink, the more regularly you drink, the more you can drink. Uh, like I don't drink very often. So just a couple of beers and I feel buzzed. But back when I was younger and I was drinking all the time, uh, I'd have to drink a 12 pack or more to really feel buzzed. And I could drink like a 24 pack in a long party evening, uh, to myself where now, if I even thought about drinking 24 beers, I'd be, uh, shit faced and puking. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, there definitely is, um, you, you start to get used to the dose that you're yeah. taking. And I think that's why I kind of like that. I do space it out. Like if I feel like, oh, I've been doing this all, you know, a little bit too many consecutive days, I stop. And that's a good thing about weed too. You're just not, you're not like, uh, yeah, addicted to it. Like, oh, I gotta have my fix. Because sometimes 
Yeah, you just, you know, you'd be like, oh, that would be nice. I don't need it. I don't need it right now. I'm okay. Um, and th that's yeah. the great part about it, I, I think, think is just uh, um, it's not it's not physically addictive, at least. It can be habitually well, addictive. It is, and that, that's where I ran into a problem with it is it became habitually addictive. I'm kind of habitually addictive to everything in my life, so I have to be really careful about managing my proclivity to my proclivity for addiction. Um so, and weed was one of those where it just became a uh, habitually addictive thing where I would just smoke all the time, every day, not like at work. I would never smoke at work. I've always been responsible, but on a weekend, I would smoke all day. And as soon as I got home from work, I would instantly feel obligated to smoke. And it just became um, like this, like obligation is is a good word. I just felt required to do it. And if I was ever, if I ever ran out, uh, it would become like imperative that I got some more, um, like I would just feel unwhole or whatever. And, and it was never a physical addiction. It was always just a pure habitual addiction, but gripping nonetheless. And eventually when I got sick of that and when I decided I want to have kids, it was just like, yeah, this ain't going to work. I need to change this. Um, so I just decided that uh, I wasn't the kind of guy who would be good at doing it a little bit every once in a while. Um, I'd be fine with that, but it doesn't work for me. So I, I'm glad that it works for you. That's cool that you get to enjoy it and enjoy it with moderation and it doesn't wig you out, but I can't, I, I got to either, um, do it not at all or let myself just do it all the time. So maybe I will again one day, maybe when I'm retired and old, probably when I'm retired and old, I'll start smoking all the time again. But right now I got kids. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And you know what helps me too? Like I do have like a separate man cave that's separate from the house. Like I wouldn't do it sure. in the house. Like I can't do that. Oh no, no, I don't I want never... my daughter to. Yeah, no, you know, experience no, that. And, no, but you you're know. you're good at moderation. You always have been. Uh, it's not a strong suit of mine, so at least I recognize it and I can kind of work around it or make it work for me. So now I use my addictive personality to do things like exercise and eat well, and I can become uh, like annoying with it as far as like eating well, like uncompromising and like so disciplined about it that it bothers other people like my wife, who uh, unfortunately is affected by my requirement to eat <laughs> well all the time. But it's a healthier um, addiction than uh, than getting stoned all the time for me. Yeah, no. And they're they're in a way not competing to like, you know, but I, I hear you like I remember, you know, we would hang out all the time. And, uh, we would, you're like, let's go smoke some, smoke a bowl. <laughs> like we would do the podcast. Right. And I was yeah. a lightweight. I still am a lightweight with weed. And, and I kind of like that about myself because then I don't burn through oh, what yeah. I have so fast, but you, yeah. you would smoke your, uh, proclivity was to fill a bowl and like dust that bowl. And like, you would give <laughs> me a bowl and I'm like, I can't dust that thing. <laughs> and you're like, you're not going to, you, every time you're like, you didn't finish your bowl. You're not going to finish your bowl? Yeah, like, you know, so. That's, um, <laughs> not finishing was not an option. It was like, hey, uh, finish your bowl. Yeah, finish your bowl. And you're like, all right, I'll finish your bowl. Those were back in the days, like, pre-COVID, <laughs> where you would, like, share a bong and stuff. <laughs> Man. What, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, how do you be a COVID-conscious person and smoke weed? I mean, weed is a social thing, and you're usually passing around a joint or passing a bong back and forth. I mean, do, does everyone uh have like their own personal weed apparatus now and it's like hey i'm gonna get together and smoke weed with you but i'm bringing my own bong don't touch my bong and uh you need your own lighter like now it must be so weird yeah well you know what i do here i just keep extra pipes like when you have I'm friends like, over oh, hey, you're like here here's you yours go. here's your pipe and i'll use my bong and then here's a pipe for you uh oh <laughs> you're like i'm using this awesome bong which is much cleaner because <laughs> it's got water and it's much better and mm -hmm. you can use this old shitty pipe in my drawer. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Where do you yeah. get weed? Do you have a person, or do you go to a store? Do you have stores in Tennessee? They're everywhere in California. No, it's not legal here. Uh, CBD is legal right now, but uh, weed is not legal. All so, right. Well, that helps you know. with COVID. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, not peer-reviewed, but uh, assuming it's true. No, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because like there's a, a weed shop down the street. Um, you know, when I say weed, sometimes I want to switch over the word cannabis, you know, because weed, it goes from like marijuana and then bad stigma to weed. 
ooh, semi-bad stigma. And then now, like, when you say cannabis, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just high times right there. Oh, <laughs> but there's a, so yeah. there's a cannabis store. All right. You know what I mean? Isn't I that like true? that actually, because saying weed makes you feel like like a punk kid, like a like a fourteen year old walking around like squirt some weed, bro. Uh, where marijuana just sounds like uh, a judge describing it in weed. a courtroom, like oh, that yeah. just sounds like an illicit actual narcotic. Uh, but cannabis sounds like a uh, um, like a sophisticated uh, party favor. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I feel like also if you were going if. Let's say you got arrested, you had a court case or whatever, and it somehow surrounded uh, marijuana. Um, if you could dictate the terms of the definitions in the court case, uh, and let's say you had a jury, and and somehow you're like, okay, we just the only thing that the defendant uh, asked for is that we don't call it marijuana, we call it cannabis. Cannabis. I bet you your chances of getting off are going to be way better. Yeah, yeah, you'll be much more favorably. Uh, viewed when you're a uh, a cannabis consumer than a weed smoker. A weed smoker just yeah. sounds like you know some guy that's gonna like slash your tires or ding dong ditch you or something, uh, which we were certainly that, or at least I was certainly that when I was a a young weed smoker. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like calling it cannabis. I think that is a more elegant or sophisticated, certainly a more mature way to refer to it. I like that. I might adopt that. I just call it weed by habit, but uh, that's an old habit. Yeah. What were we talking? We we're getting into tolerance. There was one other thing that I was going to say, but. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So if you smoke more or more often, then you're going to have a higher tolerance or it's going to take more cannabis to uh, get you there. And then you asked if I had somebody. I do have somebody here. That, All right, so you got a person. Um, you're still scoring yeah. it from a dude. Scoring it from a dude. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's in the know and, uh, it's pricey. It's not, it's pricey, but it's yeah. consistent. And, uh, and is he, are you just getting what he has or are you able to pick like sativas or indicas or hybrids or, you know, I mean, now you go into a store, dude, and it's insane. I mean, they have got a freaking menu of, of cannabis options and all of them are, oh, and this one's really good if you, like, want to stay up late and do homework. It's really good for not being tired and focus. And, oh, this one over here is really good if you want to accompany it with drinking because it's this and that. And this one over here is just going to knock your dick in the dirt. And you're going to fall asleep on the couch. And this one's good for sleeping. And this one's good for eating. And this one's good for um, water painting. And, like, there's so many specific uh, benefits of all these different strains. I don't know how true all of them are and how much of that is just marketing mumbo jumbo, but, um, what's your thought on that? And does your dude have options? Yes, he does have options. And my thought on that is relatively simple. Like if you ever go to, you ever been to leafly where they have like marijuana, marijuana uh -huh. reviews? Yeah. Yeah. And you can, know. well, you can like find dispensaries on that, right? I mean, yeah, you can, you can hear find dispensaries maybe you can. and they have yeah. strains. Okay. Yeah, they, they have a listing of strains and the description of the strain that people give it. And uh, really, like, you're not going to find a rating of weed that's, like, under 4.5. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, uh, this weed is good. This is good weed. Weed is good. <laughs> uh, does it make me a little bit tired, a little bit ampy? Yes, it might make me a little bit ampy. Uh Yes, it makes me tired, but it's still good weed, you know? So, like, there's no, I mean, every once in a while, I suppose you're going to find, like, a couple negative reviews. But by and large, like, every it's review like is over, like, great. four stars. I mean, you know? If everything's between four and five stars, then there's no need for a review system. Like, everything's great. All weed is good. Everything, if it's weed, it's good. Weed's good. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it also uh, is dependent on the person. Like, what weed have you been smoking lately and then you switch because you got to switch strains in order to like uh. feel the effects like you could have a great weed but once your body gets used to it, it's like eh. so then you know you could get another weed strain that maybe is not as good or or um maybe not as powerful but you smoke that and you're like whoa this is good shit just because you're used to smoking this other stuff uh-huh all right. So, it, so it then really it would be a good idea to buy or smaller quantities of multiple types instead of like uh, a fat sack of one type. Pretty much. 
Yeah. And right. like if you go to a weed store, like let's face it, you the the person behind the counter is typically if they are tatted up the um, bud tender, you mean? Yeah, the bud tender. Yeah. If they are tatted up and they look like they smoke weed and they got um, you know, earrings in some odd places and uh I am or those very gauge eager things, those are like giant gaping gauge holes in their ears where you're just like, whoa. All right, you have to know weed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know why you work here. I can see Uh, the guy standing behind you through your earlobe. You look like an expert. Exactly. And those, you know, my first question is just like, I I don't go up there and I say, like, some people try to be an expert. Like, oh, yeah, sativa gets you amped up. Oh, hybrid gets a little bit of both. Uh, And indica is, like, going to put me to sleep. All I do is I just say, what are you smoking? Like, <laughs> give me that because you work at a weed store and I want good you, weed. You have your choice of everything all the time. Which one do you pick? Yeah. That's, and you, that's just, brilliant. you just never go wrong with that way. Huh. All right. That's a, that's a good strategy, uh, even like at a restaurant or something where it's just like, hey, you could have anything off this menu every day for lunch. What do you get when you're on break? Yeah. Yeah, that right. that's a good uh, plan too. You, you know, you yeah, you always talk to the waiter, right? Because sure. yeah, when they come up, they take your order. You know, they've seen things get sent back, and they're like, oh, they've got to be like when somebody's like real eager to get something, they're like, I'll take the meat chops, and they've they got to be like, oh shit, I might have to send that shit back. You know, so I always bounce it off the waiter. Do you are you like that too? You're just like, hey, yeah, I'm thinking about between this and this. That's usually what yeah. I'll say. I do. I do rely on the waiter. I like to con- I like to converse with people. So a lot of times I'm just trying to talk to the waiter. I, I like um, having a little bit of rapport with them. So I'll kind of ask them, like, what do you think? You know, or if I'm torn between two different meals or whatever, like, what do you think's better? Like the 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 prime rib or the or the ribeye? You know, is your prime rib really great, or should I play it safe and just get a ribeye? That sort of thing. And and um, a lot of times I will go with their recommendation. Because I'm truly undecided, and I'm just like, well, he recommended one, so uh, uh, maybe he'll make sure I get a good cut trying to make himself appear knowledgeable, and he wants to prove it to me that he was right, so he'll go back and get me a good cut. That may or may not happen. But also, I'm skeptical of waiter recommendations, um, because sometimes I'm afraid they're just trying to clear out the freezer when they're recommending shit. Like, uh, you know, it's Thursday, and they order fish on Friday, so they're trying to get rid of all the remaining fish before their fish shipment comes in tomorrow. And I'm like, hey, what do you recommend? What's good? And he's like, fish. The fish is fantastic today. <laughs> uh, so I'm afraid of that a little bit. Um, and I got that fear implanted in me from Anthony Bourdain. <clears throat> Sorry, oh. Anthony Bourdain. Um, you familiar with him? Yeah. Uh-huh. I love that guy. Well, I loved him. It, it's a bummer that, yeah. that he's not with us anymore. But he wrote some books that are absolutely fantastic. And I think the books are kind of what gave him a launch into a role of notoriety because he was really just a cook at restaurants um, for a long time and then wrote these books, and they're just fantastic. Uh, And he drops the insider knowledge of Friday fish ordering or weekly fish ordering and um, restaurants training their staff to... Uh, turn and burn the fish inventory before the next order or delivery. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that much. I, the only thing that I do know about fish is like you don't order it on Sundays because a lot of times they cut like the fish and the seafood orders will come in like Thursday to prepare for the weekend. And by Sunday, they're kind of old. Is that Kind of the uh, I consensus. yeah, that's the theory. I don't remember the days that he lays out. I, I should go back and listen to his books again because they're just so damn enjoyable um, that uh, they're just fun to listen to. And he narrates his own books, obviously himself, and he's just fantastic. And he's a super cool guy. His fucking writing's incredible. Uh, but that would be a fun book to go back and listen to because he does lay out a lot of interesting info just purely for fun, and then also like useful information like that, like fish ordering day and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I forgot what day it was. I want to say it was they order, they, they receive new fish on Friday because they want to be geared up for the weekend. Um, so ordering fish like on midweek, like Wednesday or Thursday, you're getting like almost week old fish. Uh, so it was no bueno, something like that. 
Yeah, there's one place down here we like the we go there for oyster night, and they get their shipment in on Thursday. So like by uh, five o'clock on Thursday, we go there and we get like our pick of the litter for these fresh oysters. It's so awesome. Do you like? Oh, that's cool. oysters. Um, no, no, my wife likes them. Yeah, you know, I crossed over too. I I may have been in the same camp that you were. I mean, it wasn't actually until recently that I started eating oysters, and there ain't nothing wrong with oysters. Uh, I don't I don't not like them. It just feels like a lot of work to get a little bite of snot, and uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a meal to me. Like I I would eat oysters as like an appetizer. Like oh cool, all right, you know some Tabasco some Tabasco sauce on a on a loogie. Yeah, all right, that was good. And then uh, I'd order food. Like, you know, I'd order a steak or something like that. I, I, I'd be cool with that, but I don't think of oysters as a meal. Do you, do you eat them as a meal, or are you just eating like a few and then you eat food? Well, we will sometimes maybe get two dozen uh, every once wow. in a while. That'll, you're right. No, I'll, I'll also get like um, an appetizer or something along with that. All right. Um, you know, maybe like a meatball appetizer. Because you're right, it won't fill you up, but... It's a heck of a way to start your meal. Yeah. And um, the way I like to prepare them is I put them on a, a saltine cracker and put hot sauce on it. Um, and there's a bunch of lemon juice that we pour all over them too. And, all right. uh, and then also put that, um, I don't know, that special cocktail sauce or whatever they, uh, the con- they the, con- the texture of it. I, mean, I guess I'm, I'm kind of sensitive or, or picky about texture. Um, and the oyster texture is just off-putting to me. Uh, the flavor's fine, and really, they don't even taste like much, dude. It's like lobster; it's virtually tasteless. And then you just pour a bunch of like Tabasco sauce or lemon juice, like you said, or the the cool sauce that comes with. And then it tastes like that, and it's fantastic. But the the oyster itself, if you dr- if you ate it with nothing on it, is it good? Um, I would kind of like it. Yeah, you know it. I don't know. Maybe you know, sometimes I think that our bodies crave certain things, and oysters are. I think the highest food in zinc. Like, oh, okay. And during COVID, that's what you hey, want. You want more speaking, zinc in your body. Speaking of fucking ways to fight COVID, CBD and oysters. Yeah, CBD. <laughs> Take a rip before you go into the oyster bar. Yeah. Go in and get a bunch of oysters and you're not going to get COVID. Yeah, like smoke a bunch of weed uh, or cannabis and then grub out <laughs> on oysters and then, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about masking or vaccines or any of that kind of stuff. You're golden. Yeah. Yeah. But don't take on, our get, advice. Get we are not date, doctors. CDC. We are just smart asses. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we had oysters in, oh, God, where was it? Was it Louisiana and New Orleans? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were in New Orleans. And they have like a little market, like a street market, a fish market, and all kinds of things market. But one of the things they're known for is oysters. And they have a dude there shucking oysters in this little kind of open-air market in New Orleans. And um, my wife loves oysters. So when she saw this guy shucking fresh oysters, she was like, oh, we got to get some. like, okay. Uh, So she got some. She was super into it. She loved them. I don't know, dude. To me, it just tastes like sea snot, and it's got kind of gritty, like, sand or shells in it because it's super fresh. You know, he literally just cracks them open and hands it to you, and you eat them. Just like, ah, yeah, that's, yeah, thanks. You got to pretend like you like it because he's looking right at you, you know? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I I, uh, I think I used to feel that way, and I, but, but then again, like, I kind of maybe had one oyster in my life, and I didn't like it, and then, like, in the last three years or so, I'm just like, she gave me some oysters. Where are they? I, lo- I love them. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Um, How often do you guys go out there? Like once a week if you can? That's pushing it. Maybe once every other week or so if we can, or sometimes once a month. It's not It's not very all- often, you know? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the wife sure loves them. I mean, even when we're at restaurants or whatever that aren't specifically known for oysters, um, if the waiter recommends them like, Hey, we got some really great oysters in or whatever, that sort of thing. Like she's game. She'll try them. And then I always watch her eat them going, that looks like a lot of work. They just don't look like easy food and there's hardly any sustenance, like all this work. I think that way about sunflower seeds too. Like, I guess it's fun as a oral fixation to eat sunflower seeds. Um, but 
uh, I mean, effort to calorie calorie ratio is severely lopsided when you're eating sunflower seeds and oysters, in my opinion. Like, it's not an efficient food. It almost feels like you're burning more calories to eat the food than you're gaining from eating the food. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you could call it like a delicatessen. It's like, uh, you know, chocolate-covered ants or escargot. Have you ever had any either of those? I mean, those are probably like along the same lines. I'd imagine some people look at oysters like, "Ooh, that's disgusting," and and would uh plop a chocolate covered ant in their mouth. Um, ew. Well, and there again, like, how big can a chocolate covered ant be? Is it like an African ant that's like really big, which is still small, but really big, or is it like one of our ants, which is like a, a pencil point? It, I mean, you'd have to eat a billion of them to to have any sort of uh quantity. Yeah, that would be kind of gross, huh? Like a really big, big ass ant. Oh, dude. That. Uh, it, it, well, it's weird to think too. As an American thing, it's 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 our own regional repulsion to eating insects because most countries around the world are much more comfortable with eating bugs than we are. Um, you know, like in Mexico, they have like you can buy like cricket candy and all that kind of stuff, and um, all over the place, insects of all sorts are are eaten. Um, but uh, here, we still generally find it revolting. I do. Um, but I'm sure it's fine. You know, I mean, why wouldn't uh, crickets be just as tasty as anything else? It's just, it's just kind of conceptually gross. Well, that's what the World Economic Forum wants us to do. They want us to get our protein more from uh, uh, insects. Fuck them. Mentioned, than meat. <laughs> they want us to stop eating meat. And because they put out a video that was like... Um, Right. It say it's like you will only you will not eat meat or you it's the one where they said uh you will own nothing and be happy and then they said like uh a meat burger would be like a once in a month treat or something like that there and uh they were yeah. trying to like push the insect narrative too like you will eat insects and be happy <laughs> so, oh man no no like i won't I mean, I'd be, I'd be yeah. first. I, I would be totally eating handfuls of of bugs if I was starving or had no other option. Like, yeah, no problem. I, I do what you need to do, in a pinch. But uh, as long as there's an In and Out Burger down the street, um, I won't be eating bugs. Yeah. Well, they. Yeah. What do you think about the technology they're doing now, where they're like kind of creating fake meat somehow? Like the Beyond Burgers and stuff like that. Yeah, but then they're also getting like a little bit more creative, and they're having like. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like using maybe not stem cells, but just oh. some kind of replication. What, thing. They're like growing a burger patty in a test yeah. tube. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Eh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm open to it. I just, I, I, I don't want to feel like there's weird chemically, artificially synthetic y kind of ingredients in there because that's what you're consuming and none of that's good for us. So, I mean, if it's truly natural. I mean, if they can grow like a little burger patty with eyes and then they just cut the eyes off and it becomes a nice little burger patty, like, all right, that's <laughs> creepy. But I like the idea of full-grown cows or, or just living beings like cows, sentient beings, not being tortured and, and slaughtered and all that. Like, I, I hate the moral aspect of eating meat. It, it's very sad that so many animals are, are tortured um, I mean, what a fucked life that is. They're sentient beings, and and they're they're grown in pens. Some of them, like for veal, are like literally locked into tiny little boxes that won't let them stand up, chained down, so that they can be eaten. And it and it's uh, just because that makes them a little more tender. Like I I won't eat veal purely based on that, which is a hypocritical thing to say because I'm like, oh, the way veal is raised is so cruel. Uh, but I'll eat meat as if I mean I'll eat beef like normal beef as if. A cow's life is all that much better. I mean, sure, it's better, but incrementally better. I mean, all of them are just treated like uh, like things and not beings, and all that's sad. So, I mean, if we are able to grow little test tube burgers, and they're safe and non-synthetic, and they are normal, like natural meat, if we can trick genes into growing into beef patties, I'm cool with that. Sounds weird, but... Sure. And then what the fuck are these things going to cost? Is it going to be a $60 burger? That sounds that sounds fancy. Yeah, I, I don't know if I trust it, honestly. Um, well, I'm not surprised. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get too many scientists involved in kind of shit like yeah. that. And then, you know, you, you get the wild hair up their ass and you know, I don't, I just don't want to do it. Then they're like, Oh, well now, now there's no other meat. This is the only meat that they can yeah. eat. So let's throw some of this shit in it. You know, fuck that. I'm, I'm just not into that. That's my fear. But, I really don't like eating unnatural things. I, I, I really try to buy organic cause I don't want to eat pesticides if I can avoid it at all. And, um, you know, like there's debate over genetically modified sorts of things and, and uh, genetically modified things by crossbreeding. Fine. We've been doing that for eternity, but genetically modified with like chemicals and hormones. Like, I don't want that. That's weird, dude. I don't, I don't want any of that shit. Yeah. So true. And, um, you know, I think the best thing we can do, I think is to purchase meat from these local places because here uh, I've looked around here and I get, there's this one place called Farm Fresh to You yeah. here in Tennessee or in the, okay. the East Tennessee area. And they deliver local meat to you. And so the meat has like, it'll be a cow most like, or at least is what I'm hoping. It'll be a pasture raised cow that's just eating grass or, or chickens that are, you know, pasture raised Yeah, and they're eating grass and, you know, it's a farmer that owns these cows. Hopefully he's not a dickhead to him. Probably not let much less likely that he's well, a dickhead to him than I mean, these if he's letting his livestock live on a, Yeah. I mean, if he's living, if the cows are living on a pasture, yeah, yeah, sure. They're, they're denied freedom, but I mean, what's a cow going to go do like romp through the Hills? I don't know that they're, they're evolved for that, but they're not being herded into tiny little pens. If they're allowed to out, be out eating on a pasture and all that. I mean, that's, I think, I think that's a pretty decent, existence i mean until you're slaughtered of course that part sucks um but uh same with chickens like pasture raised chickens that's what you want you know so this farmer is charging you more for the chicken because they can they can raise less head per acre because they're raised in given space they're raised on an open pasture um so an open pasture is only going to support so many chickens where if they were to keep them in those tiny little cages you see on those on those fucking shows, which is just heart-wrenching, where the chickens are just, like, squished into little tiny cubes, and they can't move, and they're just pumped full of hormones and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just uh, just revolting. Um, so yeah, I'm but, down. you know, I, honestly, though, I don't know. I don't know which is cheaper. I mean, you get it from the local farmer, right? And right. he makes a profit, uh-huh. and his profit is... Uh, pretty constant right it's the cost of a cow sure you know? and and he already has a field so it's you know growing grass and i i feel like that's the way to go because so we we go in at a place that's local here and i i'm like 99 percent sure they get their beef from a, a local um person that just it like, butchers his own meat like hang down the road it. or something yeah all right and um I, still over there, I can get a fillet for thirty eight bucks. I don't know if you've been out recently, but a lot of restaurants you go to, I I've looked there and the fillet is like sixty five dollars now. Whoa, have you seen that? And I'm just like, holy cow! Like, what happened to a thirty eight dollar fillet? So I think you know this uh, restaurant is not impacted by the inflation uh, that a lot of these super yeah. large slaughterhouses have to deal with well you figure like transportation comes into play when you're when you're dealing with these big slaughterhouses because they're shipping their product all over the country so transportation rate hikes and availability come into play that all plays into the supply and demand factor is supply line expense um, but when you're dealing with local farmers yeah no I couldn't agree more um, eat locally is so good for so many reasons and it and it sounds like highfalutin elitist kind of crap or whatever but really that's the way humans have always lived no one no one was ever importing their food from beyond their own town or city uh i mean food wasn't being trucked in from um you know the midwest or anything like that people ate what grew nearby so you would eat seasonal fruit seasonal vegetables and you would eat what the local farmers were raising and uh that is a good thing. I think we should all be doing that. And it's cool that you've searched out those sorts of meat services that source locally raised meat. Um, I know that exists out here too. I know a guy who does it and I haven't um, pulled the trigger on it because I need to buy a freezer. So I need a big, large capacity freezer for the garage. And you can buy like, 
you can go in on a cow with multiple people. So you can kind of say like, okay, we want to buy an entire cow worth of meat. And you find this farmer and this, this, this network like helps you find the farmer based on what you're looking for, whether you want it to be all, you know, uh, pasture raised or, you know, grass finished, or there's all these different um, things. Right. And, uh, when you identify a farmer, it's, it's mostly local, my understanding is, then you buy like a whole cow and you can split the cost with two or three other people and then you all get your portion. So like you could get get a whole side of beef, which is a ton of fucking meat, and then just store it in the freezer and do that every, I don't know, three or six months or however long that would last you and your family. And that's a neat way of supporting local farmers, eating clean and having a good amount of food on hand for your family. And I get, I bet it would be much cheaper too. Like in the long run, you you buy yeah. that that side of beef, you go in on that with somebody, yeah. And you throw it in a freezer, and man, I mean, yeah, you get a good freezer. You don't have to worry about that that stuff is good for up to like three years, I think. Sometimes, yeah, if you package it right. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so that that's the, I think, like socially responsible, where you're supporting local business and and all that. You're not contributing to the. Uh, massive slaughter industry and that sort of thing, which doesn't—it just doesn't feel right. Like we all know that's inherently bad, but I still like beef, so I deal with it. Like I just kind of turn my mind off to the the obvious inhumane nature of the slaughter industry because I like beef, yeah. um, I like chicken, I like I like meat. So I uh, I'm certainly not a part of the solution when it comes to that. Like I do support those slaughterhouses just because I buy meat at restaurants or the stores, uh, but I would like to go down these avenues of being a more conscious person, like buying the, the meat from a local farmer and like what you're doing, you're already doing that. That's cool. Do you have a freezer or are you buying big quantities? Um, it comes in a uh, relatively good size quantity. Sometimes it depends on what you order, but I just have it in my regular freezer. And, but I do want to buy a freezer. Like you're saying too, I would love do to you, get a freezer. Do you have um, to cut any of it or is it all coming in like, Oh, tri tips and fillets and, and I don't know, ribs or whatever. Well, so far I only got um, hamburger patties and uh, chicken breasts, and these, right. these chicken breasts are enormous. They're huge. They're huh. like fat. They're fat chicken breasts. Like there's not those wow. crappy, watery things that you get from the store in the freezer section. Yeah, and you know they're stacked. Yeah, they're yeah they got big breasts. <laughs> they're <laughs> voluptuous chickens. Yeah, lucky. Like uh, I love chicken breasts. I I I could eat that uh, every day. Um, there's so many, so many ways of incorporating it. It's so good for you. It's so protein packed. It's a really great food. Boring, I guess. I don't know, but I don't think so. I mean, I could spice it up pretty well and you can do it in all sorts of different ways and I love it. Oh, let me, let me tell you about the new thing I found regarding chicken breast too, because it's always a bitch, right? To, to pull it, to think like, oh, am I going to want chicken breast tomorrow? I need to pull it out to thaw, right? Um, yeah. But if you have a pressure cooker, what you can do, you can cook it in the pressure cooker or you can dethaw it in the pressure cooker. And it's only, it takes like three, three to five minutes. So you put a frozen breast and you can, you can do the entire cooking in a pressure cooker too. And you put it in there and, uh, you know, it takes a little bit while to heat up. So it's like, even though it's three to five minutes, but it's three to five minutes, like after the pot, the pot actually heats up. Yeah. And, um, you know, about six, six or seven minutes, you're going to get like, uh, it's going to be um, real breakable. Like it's going to be like barbecue. <laughs> like it's going to be completely oh, just like falling apart. Just falling apart. It, and you know, if you want that for tacos, that's awesome. And, uh, but three minutes is enough to like dethaw it and kind of like, you don't, it doesn't take 24 hours anymore. So you could dethaw it and then you could fry it or you can uh, bake it or whatever you wanted to do after that. But this pressure cooker is really kind of life changing for me. I'm really huh. enjoying it. Wow, that's pretty cool, yeah. huh? All right. There, there's another uh, uh, recipe I wanted to mention too. Because do you like Indian food? Uh, eh, kinda. I like it. Not really. I like it once. So we order Indian food sometimes, and we order a lot. Like we do through like Grubhub or whatever. So we'll order some Indian food from this local place that's really, really good, and it's really great that night. And then we store it, and the next day it's still just fine, but. I don't want it the second day. I, I'm like, eh, I'm good on the Indian food. Like, I, I don't. The first day it comes, the smell is great. I'm really into it, and then the second day, I'm just like, eh, I don't want this again. So it's good one day. Well, what's your meal? Do you get the chicken tikka masala? Oh wow, shit! I don't know. Sarah orders for me. 
I really don't oh, know. Oh man, you need you have to try this. If you're gonna order from Indian, you get the chicken tikka masala. That's kind chicken of like chicken tikka masala. It's just fun to say. Yeah. I'd like to order that just to be like, hey, I'll take the chicken tikka masala. I think that's like the white people dish too, because every right. time I go in there, they're like, oh, we know what you're gonna order. <laughs> you, <laughs> you walk in, you're the like, whitest oh, guy in the world. They're like, chicken tikka masala, yeah. right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. All right. It's like but, the California roll at a sushi bar. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, and the way to, I found an awesome way to make it. So there's a mix that you can get like from Amazon and it's like a, a big bucket of tikka masala sauce. It's not a bucket, but yeah. it's maybe like, I don't know, a little more than a quart. And um, what you do is you just cook up some onions uh, and then you put in some butter. You put in maybe like half a stick of butter um, and I cook it with them with chickpeas and then I pour that um sauce over it. it's not really sauce but it's a powder you put that over top of it and then you use uh one big can of crushed tomatoes mm-hmm. and i like to put in here now this is the weird thing that i like to put in there i like to bake butternut squash or uh kombucha squash whichever one they're they're both very tasty i'll bake one of those and then i'll blend that with some uh veggie uh broth blend that with some veggie broth and then i'll pour that in there and i'll put it in a pressure cooker for like 30 minutes Mm. and man if you put that over chicken and rice it's just it's so damn good wow look at you dude yeah chef boy rd (laughs) i like to i do like to cook i'm getting more and more into cooking and and especially now because like i um i have some microgreens that i'm growing I'm growing some alfalfa sprouts now, and I'm growing some uh, watercress. And then I just planted last night some uh, broccoli microgreens. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You know what a microgreen is? Maybe I need to explain that. Are they really small greens? Yeah, they're really small. What you do is you get like a 10-inch <laughs> 10, 10 by 20-inch tray. All right. And you put like some medium on the bottom. I usually put like a hemp um, like – it's like a hemp sponge. Okay. And you pour a ton of – load of seeds over top of that and then you wet it and then you let the seeds sprout and once they sprout then you you take the lid off and you give them light and um it just grows into a ton of microgreens and then from there like you can juice them or you can add them to plant to uh sandwiches but the the thing with microgreens is is that those small little greens like you're getting a boatload of broccoli you know but while they're baby broccoli's like that i think they some estimates are like you get seven times the nutrient uh, than you do like with grown, fully grown block broccoli. Wow. So it's really good for you. Okay. Huh. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Well, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking to, to uh, cook with those pretty recently here. Okay. All right. Have you ever thought about raising chickens on your property? I have. <laughs> yeah. I think about it. Uh, I live in a tract, so I don't think it would be... Uh, smiled upon by the neighbors but um they've got some pretty cool prefab chicken coops out there that you can order for just to be assembled and you can order all sorts of cool shapes and sizes and whatever like you can just buy a chicken coop and uh you know raise half a dozen chickens or something yeah i've I've thought of that too there's you know um yeah, wouldn't it be nice to just have your own chickens and uh, fresh eggs every day? Your... Yeah, not to really eat the, like eat the chickens, but just to have fresh eggs every day for sure. There will come a time where you probably should eat the chicken, like if it's gonna die or something, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Henrietta's looking a little sickly. Uh, you feel like having chicken tonight, honey? <laughs> I know I can't really grasp it either, but you know, I I well, once I name them, I, I could never eat an animal I've named. Um, which uh, I, I think is a, a, a key component of the storyline in Charlotte's Web. Um, once you've named a pig, uh, then it's it's pretty tough to go eat that pig. At least for me. Uh, maybe wait, not wait, others, wait. But... I have a name, and you said you would eat me. Yeah, but only in a pinch. I mean, Henrietta, my pet chicken. If I was starving, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but if the store is open and everything's fine, I'm not going to eat my pet chicken or my friend yeah. Eric. But if I'm starving. Uh, look out. So you're going to have like a, um, uh, I a would... graveyard with all your dead chickens back there. <laughs> 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 this was Henrietta. This was Henrietta. This was she Buford. was a fantastic pet, uh, until I got hungry. 
And then this was Steve. <laughs> Steve was great. He, he he used to bounce a ball on his nose. He was cool until I got hungry. <laughs> um, well, see, that's that's the one thing you don't want in your chicken coop, obviously, is a rooster. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. You can't have a, uh, a cock but, in but the a rooster, A rooster, supposedly, will make those uh, female chickens um, sa- feel safe and a little bit more secure. But... Um, yeah, that rooster obviously well, is just gonna make it make a lot of noise. Are the chick are the, the, the girl chickens, the hens, are they more likely to lay more eggs if a dude rooster is around? Or does it not have an effect on the quantity of eggs they're laying? I don't think it matters. It might matter with like their cortisone levels or something. I don't know. I think that's what I read. Some But if they like feel that, more safe, I, they may be more likely to roost or nest or whatever. Yeah, possibly so. All right. Um but if you have a rooster would he fertilize those eggs and then they would become chicks? They're no longer like breakfast eggs. Yeah, I think so. You'd have to like probably separate them. So, do they or, procreate or like fish? That would be a like horrible where... experience. <laughs> oh god! You just crack an egg into the frying pan, a little like tweet, 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 little 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 chicken, little baby chick comes out. That'd be terrifying and devastating. I would. Uh... Oh man, I would feel terrible. I guess the whole idea of eggs. I hate is, sharing this story, but I know somebody who had that happen to him. A, a, a baby chick in the egg, like frying in a pan. It oh. was dead, uh, but uh, it was yeah, it was just. I mean, she never. She would tell it to me all the time, and I'm like, please stop telling me. I this. don't want to hear the story again. Eggs, because. Every time I like crack an egg now, I'm scared to death. I'm like, oh shit. He's like, all right, come on. No chicken, no chicken. Oh, good. All right, just a yolk. All right, here's another one. Yeah. All right, no chicken, no chicken. Oh, God. Okay, good. It's just a yolk again. Oh, yeah. man. Um, I would be disgusted. Oh, fuck. I think I would still eat eggs, though. Uh, like, I would clean out the pan, start over. Uh, I'd have a little moment of silence. I'd feel terrible. And then I'd just go get more eggs out of the fridge, and I'd still have some some eggs. Yeah, you're not that queasy about stuff like that. No, no, I'd feel bad, but, you know, I'm still hungry. Yeah. Like, um, you could talk about butchering cows while you're eating a steak, couldn't you? Um, I guess, but only as a smartass. Like, I don't sit and have conversations about slaughtering and that sort of thing. And I I am not uh, so strong-stomached stomach, and and just. Dis- disconnected from that reality if i was there in person like i would really have trouble touring a slaughterhouse like i do not want to see any of that i prefer to deny it exists so i can continue eating beef i love beef but i think if i was to go to a slaughterhouse i would be um devastated and possibly consider becoming a vegan uh i don't think i would but i might think about it because it's just so appalling i I do not well, like just do the local thing, man. Do the local thing. Yeah. I mean, because really, like, we cast our vote with our money. Sure. Right. So, like, that casting of the vote, you know, more people that cast their vote in that direction, the bigger the local places are going to be and the more profitable they're going to be, the more that are going to pop up, really. So, like, that's, that's the way over this mass uh-huh. torture of animals. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. Um, that takes effort and time and I'd like to yeah, be that guy, but the reality is, is like, I don't know, in and outs right there. I could just jam through and grab a burger. No. Yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not standing up on any, uh, pedestal do here you, saying like, I, I don't do that either. But do you have in and out there or am I torturing you by mentioning it repeatedly? No, no. Um, now there's, there's two places here that are like, uh, comparable to no, in and out there, no, but there is no in and out. No, no, yeah. they're, they're not. Col- Culver's is good. I don't know, man. Culver's is good. Oh, they can it be good. good. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I'm sure they're great. <laughs> but they're not in and out. No, you're right. You're right. They're not in and out. You know what? The, I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. I get through about 75% of an in and out burger, and then, and I don't want to ruin it for you, Um, there's a taste I get that I'm like, I don't like it. I don't know what it is about the In-N-Out burger, but it only happens around 75% in, and then I start getting an aftertaste from the meat, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Did I ruin it for you? Oh, no. I just, uh, I don't know if we can be friends anymore, D. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that's why I can't get the double-double because it's too much meat. As much as I want to get a double-double, I got to get a single patty because 
you need the meat to bread ratio to be less so you don't get that that meat overload taste well no then i just don't get that 75 percent of the way through my meal i don't get that aftertaste of, of wow. something wow so even if you get a single burger at in and out you only eat three quarters of it no, no, I'll eat the whole burger. But oh, but if you if get a I double, get a double, 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 and seventy-five percent of the way through, yeah, then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to finish it. You're all, can I get a one and a half burger? Like a single one's not enough, and a double double's too much. Do you, do you do half patties? Yeah, no, it's tr- that's true. Uh, no, that is uh, do when that's I go- about where the sweet spot is right there. Right, you know, honestly, I think I would just get a double double and just eat about three quarters of it. I've done that so many times wow and their fries honestly you know i know they're healthier that way but they're they're pure shit like you have to eat those before you eat your burger you have to eat those like as you're driving away from the window they hand them to you and you should be eating them before you pay her yeah exactly like like immediately yeah yeah you have a window of like three minutes oh yeah 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 no totally dude it's it's a very short window um and uh yeah yeah it's uh they're great yeah, for about 90 seconds. I think that's that's accurate. I do like them a lot. They need a lot of ketchup. Um, yeah. So, And salt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't put salt on them. I don't know. I'm not a big salt guy. I don't need a lot of salt in my food. Um, when I order it in and out, though, I know hearing you say that you can't finish a double-double is just like, wow, maybe I'm a big fat ass because I, I eat four-by-fours when I go to in and out <laughs> it's you've always eaten a lot though man. i'm kind you, of a fatty but, dude i know it's, but wait you, you probably throw the bun out though right you're like uh, i just want the... i used to when i was doing like keto i would eat i would order four by four as protein style and then i would also because that wasn't enough meat i would order a frying flying dutchman which you may not know what that is it's a secret menu item in and out and it's literally just two patties with cheese in the middle it's a it's a meat sandwich <laughs> It's, and they give it to you like in a little fry pouch. So you literally get like a full normal burger, but I would get it protein style. So it was four patties, four pieces of cheese uh, wrapped in a lettuce, um, uh, wrapped in lettuce. And then a frying, flying Dutchman is just two more patties with two more pieces of cheese and nothing else. Um, so that's six patties and cheese and a little bit of lettuce. So it was oh, uh, a very healthy meal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that anymore now. Well, no, it, I think it is. It may be. Uh, it actually may be a healthy meal. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, there's a lot of fat in there, but um, I don't know, dude. I, I Shit, I, I lost a ton of weight, and I ate a lot of fucking 4x4 protein styles and frying Dutchman. I keep saying frying. Flying Dutchman uh, sides. And um, now I don't. Now I'm not doing keto anymore, so I eat the bun, but I still order 4x4s. No onions. I hate onions, so no onions on my burger. I think a lot of the stuff that we've learned about what's healthy for us has been a lot of bullshit. Yeah, really. dude. Like, the fat is good for you. It's brain fuel, like butter. Yeah. They always yeah, say, like, yeah. oh, butter's bad. But now it's like the full fat, like, super fatty um, good butter is good for you. Cholesterol is brain food. Yeah. Like, that. that's what your brain needs. It needs cholesterol. Um, and... uh you know, I, I think it needs that to make, maybe to make glutathione, I think, or, um, yeah, because glutathione, I think, is your brain food. Well, no, wait, I'm getting it mixed up. Brain food is actually the, um, what's that alternate source of, of uh, not glucose, but glycogen. Hmm. Yeah, glycogen is the counterpart to glucose. Glucose is like pure sugar. Glycogen is kind of like in your brain using fat for a source, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's switching over from, you know, using sugar as a source to using fat as a source. And I, I don't know about you. I've heard so many stories about like people that were like going through dementia or like getting starting to like not able to um, remember things kind of like me, but it's because I took, (laughs) I took a hit before (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I did this podcast. (laughs) So, but um, yeah, glycogen or yeah, glycogen protein source for your brain is supposed to be very healthy. Um, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, man, man, now I'm just hungry. I want In and Out. I'm gonna eat a burger today. That will happen. But first, I gotta go pee. You're gonna, gonna eat seventy five percent of it. Well, no, 
I'll eat all of it because it's not an in and out burger. Oh. <laughs> oh. But I will miss their shakes, so their vanilla shake. Uh, uh, those shakes are incredible. Although you might pop a lung trying to, to drink it right away. you got to let it kind of sit and thin out for a little while. But, man, are they good. I know. That is a bitch. I like that you said vanilla shake. Uh, the chocolate shake, I can't wrap my mind around. Like, sure, it's good, but the vanilla is like a thousand times better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah the chocolate, I mean, it's the chocolate is the vanilla, but they throw chocolate in there uh, and make it gross. <laughs> so you start with a perfect shake and then just fuck it up and that's your choice huh all right you want that one cool you get the ruined shake yeah i think that's how it works yeah like i would drink it if that was it and they like if their vanilla shake machine was broken eh, i probably would just order nothing but if i had to drink a chocolate one i'd be like yeah it's pretty good but i would never choose it i can't i can't understand why anyone would but and that's why different people have different flavors and preferences, I guess. They're just wrong. Well, you know when they say, most of the time when they say their shake machine is broken, they're full of shit. Because uh, I worked at Hardee's before, and that's what they would say, like, when they didn't want to deal with making a shake. Because it's a bitch sometimes. you got to, like, a big, long line. <laughs> really? You're just like, like, oh, yeah, I'll take a shake. Or, I'm sorry, our shake machine is broken. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah, I have. I got some of my best experience in life by working at Hardee's and Taco Bell when oh, I was man. younger. Hardee's is Carl's Jr., right? Yeah. Uh, That's right. That's right. East oh, Coast Carl's Jr. Man. Well, it's uh it's definitely lunchtime. And I hate to wrap so short, um, but I got a bunch of crap going on today, and I wasn't sure if I could even jump on and make the podcast happen, Derek. But I'm glad we got to get together for at least a little while and and talk about food. Um I'm very hungry. Yeah. And I feel yeah. bad that I'm going to eat beef, but not bad enough not to eat it, just bad enough to feel bad while I'm eating it. And uh, it was fun talking about uh, cannabis with you. Yeah. And I like... No, it was a fun one. And I like calling it cannabis now. I think I'm going to stick with that. That sounds very uh, very uh, highfalutin. I like it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Only way to go. Hey, we got an hour or so in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, good. yeah. Great times. Uh, now it's burger yeah. time. And uh, maybe cannabis time. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Don't, uh, post a picture of your in and out. Uh, yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. 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 All right. Of my four by four. Yeah, I want to see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, hey, I'll post a picture of my new uh, whiskey still. Of your new whiskey still. You're making whiskey. Well, I plan on having the ability to. You have really become like Mr. Tennessee in just a couple of years. You're making whiskey. You're driving a pickup truck. Uh, you're, you're, you're fucking, you're, you're Mr. Tennessee, Derek. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Yeah. I've been, I, I don't have the accent on, I think as much really, but all right, I'm working on that. Uh, don't do the accent. The accent's not great, but everything else uh-huh. is pretty great. Okay. Yeah. You just, you keep, you, you keep, you keep the California accent. Okay. Does anyone ever look at you I'll weird? See. If you say like, dude, you know, you're not really a dude kind of guy, but you sound California. I'm sure to them. Oh, I'm sure I do. I mean, because I say the word totally, like, uh, all the time. Or you know what I've noticed? Totally, totally. And I don't know this because I hang out with California <laughs> people, but when I hang out with people out of state, uh, they make fun of how often I say, for sure. I guess that's a very California thing. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a California thing? Like, oh, okay. All right. For sure. Yeah. You're you're unmistakably Californian. You'll never get away from that. Yeah. No. Although... Boy. When I travel, I do pick up local dialects very quickly. Um, I spent like a week in New York, and by the time we came back, my wife's like, you're talking different. Uh, I picked up like certain little, I I couldn't recreate it now, but I guess while I was in New York, I picked up little things, little speech patterns. Um, uh, Where else were we? I forget. Some other trip, same thing. And uh, I think it was maybe Louisiana. Maybe it was that New Orleans trip where where we, we ate oysters, and I wasn't impressed. But, yeah, I guess I pick up dialects pretty quickly. So if I did move to Tennessee, I think I might be sounding like a Tennessean uh, quicker than you. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Come on, y'all. Yeah, or I might be, you know, saying. My do- my, I might be saying, like, dude, dude and for sure with an accent. Yeah. My my daughter can do it perfectly. She doesn't really have much of an accent, but yeah. she's like. Come on, y'all. You know, <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> she's she's in her formative years. Yeah, she might grow up with a bit of a, uh, oh, my computer died. 
Oh, I lost Derek. Oh, that sucks. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we were wrapping up anyway, so not a huge deal, but bummer. Um, I will wrap the show alone without D. Um, I guess I'll just say thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you. And uh, I'm sure if Derek was here with us still, he would end by leaving you with the idea that Mike is definitely better at cooking eggs than he is. Um, just saying. That's what I think he might have said if he were here. Uh, but he's not. So thanks so much. We'll see you later. Come on, y'all. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We really hope you're enjoying the show. Derek and I have a hell of a time doing it for you. Um, if you want to support the show, we'd really appreciate it. You can do that by following the podcast on your podcast app. And on most podcast apps, if you click that little bell icon thing, that'll give you a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's pretty cool. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter if you want to tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, suggest a topic for a show, or just talk shit, whatever you want to do. That's cool. Our Twitter handle is at Derek and Mike Pod. Or you can always hit us up on our website, DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you next time.